Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Get Into It with Gila. Today's episode, I interviewed Gabby Barreto of Nutrition with Gabby, and we had an awesome conversation about intuitive eating, health at every size, and we sort of um, unpacked Gabby's own diet history and how she came to learn about intuitive eating. And I think that this week, this is an appropriate interview to put out into the world because Gabby really showed so much inclusivity and how diet culture and the thin ideal definitely creates this feeling of exclusivity and people only are included if they're a certain body size or a certain weight. And that is what we would call cruel and not right. And the whole movement of health at every size and intuitive eating is that all bodies are good bodies. And um, I want you guys to really think about that. And I hope that you gain value from this podcast. Um, Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, share it with people that you love so that we could move up in the ranks on Apple Podcasts. And this will also be on YouTube. So feel free to check it out on video and subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Okay, let's get to it. Hi, everyone, and welcome to my podcast, Get Into It with Gila. I know you're going to love the content here because you will gain inspiration, powerful tools and insights, and valuable knowledge. If you want more of this, please visit my website at www.gilaglassberg.com or visit me on Instagram at gilaglassberg. I'm Gila Glassberg, a registered dietitian and intuitive eating counselor. I've come to realize by counseling many, many women that this work is much deeper and greater than food and body image. It's the bigger picture challenges we face of love, belonging, acceptance, what our true values and goals are, noticing them, addressing them, and gaining skills to move forward. If you have been struggling with what your life's purpose is, or you just feel stuck in general and don't know what's holding you back, this podcast will enlighten and inspire you to take action and move forward. This podcast is about other women in the 21st century who feel that losing weight will fix all their problems or somehow meet their unmet needs. Okay, hi everybody. I am here with Gabby Barreto from Nutrition by Gabby. First of all, I'm Gila Glassberg, registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor. And I asked Gabby to join us because she is also a dietitian. And she also practices intuitive eating. So Gabby, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hey guys, I'm Gabby. I'm also a registered dietitian and I do practice intuitive eating. I am not certified yet, but I hope to at some point become certified. And I've been a dietitian for only almost a year at this point. Um, But I've been a personal trainer and I've been in the fitness industry and in fitness culture for about 10 years. And um, I took a dive into nutrition because I wanted to be able to help people with nutrition and fitness. And then I realized that, oh my gosh, I'm stuck in like this crazy weight loss world that I don't want to be in, but I don't know what else to do. What do I do? And then I discovered intuitive eating um, because I was like, I don't really want to help people lose weight. This is not what I want to do. And um, when I was in grad school, I discovered intuitive eating and read the book and learned more about it and really kind of got sold on this. Not I wouldn't, I don't like to say sold, but really like developed this lifestyle where I was like, wow, like I didn't even, I would have never thought that way if I didn't read that book. And it's so, it's such an amazing lifestyle to really live. So how'd you like stumble upon it? 
probably Instagram, to be honest. Really? <laughs> um, I don't really, you know, it's funny because I think about it myself. I'm like, when did I stumble upon this? And it must have been, it either was Instagram or my best friend is, um, she's a therapist and she works with, um, I believe it was her actually. She got me, she introduced me to Hayes and I was like, what's Hayes? What is this? What do you mean? You know, we're being taught all these things in school. Like how can health at every size exist? And when I was in, when I was in um, grad school, she introduced me to health at every size. And I believe now that I'm thinking about it, um, she introduced me to intuitive eating and I kind of like had found a little bit, couple of people on Instagram that were big into intuitive eating and really learned a lot from them. And then I was like, okay, it's, you really don't learn from Instagram. Why don't you go do some research? And I found the book. I read the book. I got the workbook. I did a lot of the workbook and myself. Um, and I like to use a lot of her tools with, with clients and stuff, but it was all kind of like self-taught. And it was really hard kind of learning that and then being in school to become a dietitian at the same time where like, you're like being told this one like paradigm of nutrition and then learning something completely else where I'm like, no, but aren't I supposed to make like a diabetic diet with all the diabetic choices and the calories? Like that's what we were taught. And I remember in medical nutritional therapy, of course we take like making these diets and I'm like, who actually spends the time to count these calories? I never counted calories in my life. Like I come, I had disordered eating and eating disorder, but even then I never, I never really counted calories. Well, there was a brief period, but I was like, who does this? And um, I'm happy I found it. Cause I was like, wow, you really don't need to do that. So I've been actually been trying to do this my entire life, but never got to figure it out until I discovered it. Wait, so did you say you had an eating disorder or disorder? Yeah. So I, I would say I never really, like I did, I did do therapy. So I was, when I was younger, I was like, I would, it's so interesting because kids are so mean and I would look at pictures of myself now and I would never say that I even looked remotely overweight. I was never really a big, big, big kid, but I wasn't like these skinny, tiny little girls that were in my class. So I was picked on and, um, it's, I, when I was in like eighth grade, I had lost all of this weight. I lost, like, I guess I went through puberty and I had lost a lot of my weight and I never, I didn't, people would ask me, what did you do? What did you do? I was like, I didn't do anything. And, um, all of a sudden I was very insecure and I became very, very validated for being thinner than I was. And I was like, Oh, I, you know, it kind of inside of me, was like, oh, if I'm thin, I get attention and maybe my insecurity will go away. Well, guess what? My insecurity never went away. And between like, I would say 16 up until like 23, I like battled in and out of, of disordered eating, you know, anorexia, bulimia. I, I would say, you know, a lot of different habits that I have. I would just call it, you know, label it an eating disorder where I valued thinness more than I valued anything else in my life. Um, and so, you know, I kind of went through phases of kind of being disordered to being full blown eating disordered. And it was, it was, a you know, looking back, you know, it was a very interesting time there. I was just like, I never got anywhere. It never made me happy. It never made me more confident. And so, you know, I realized once I got help and I was sick enough, you know, that 
oh, my self-worth isn't based on me being thin or me being small. So it was very interesting that I took that in eighth grade to be like, I lost all this weight and I got validation and I'm going to run with it and my insecurities. Wow. There's so much to say on that specific story. Um, yeah. First of all, it's, I mean, I do have some adolescents in my practice and it is pretty scary to see like, you know, like, like whether or not it's complementing weight loss or it's insulting, like being heavier or weight gain, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it has such an impact. And like, I don't mean to scare parents, but like, it's just, especially for somebody who's like insecure or like they mm-hmm. don't have like such good self-worth, like any comment or any, anything that pokes at their insecurity could really play a major role in, right. in their health. So that's like, that's pretty scary, but also really like informative, you know? Right. Right. And it's, you know, when I, I have some clients with, with kids and they're like, you know, what do I do? Like, do I put them on a diet? Do it? They don't. And, and it's like, don't, don't do that. You know, be, be the power of example for them. And, you know, stop first, let's stop dieting ourselves. And, but like for me as a, you know, as a young kid to be ridiculed for being bigger than everyone else and then validated for losing weight coupled with, cause it's always coupled with something, mm-hmm. right? Coupled with insecurity, low self-esteem, low self-worth. It was kind of like a recipe for it. Right. I also heard, I don't remember where I heard this, but I think it was on a podcast. Yeah. I, I listened to like so many books and podcasts, but I, mm-hmm. it was, I think it was a therapist saying like, let's say there's a woman who's very attractive and she gets a lot of attention for being attractive. Like people comment on it, people talk about it a lot. So therefore she spends a lot of time on her look and she doesn't even realize that um, they've dictated to her like what is important to her, which is really, which is a really interesting perspective. Like we have been dictated that like weight loss or the thin ideal is like the end all and be all. And then, you know, like what you're describing, like you said, from 16 to 23, like years. And then I have clients who've been dieting for 20, 30 years. They're like, I just spent all that time, like, you know, so fixated on something that like, first of all, I can't attain. And second of all, why am I even trying? Like for what? Right. And what you said, like, I can't obtain. And people are like, well, I can obtain it. I'm like, yes, but what, what is, what is that doing for you? Like you mentioned, like a thin woman and she's like, just complimented on her looks and but there's so much more to us as women like if we look at ourselves as women like we're not just looks right we're something so much deeper than that and we can bring so much more to the world and so like like you said like i always try to empower women to like write down things what is what are you outside of your body like who are you as a person because when we look at people like i like we could be the most beautiful I culturally ideal look on the outside, but who are we on the inside that I think that's what makes people beautiful for sure. Right. So, um, and I don't mean to challenge you, but like, because like we're both dietitians and we're both yeah. doing intuitive eating, I'm sure you get like this question all the time. Like, wait, how could that be? Like, like fat is bad or obesity. We know obesity is bad or like, like, do you get those types mm-hmm. of questions all the time? Yes. And I'll tell you something very interesting. When I walked into clinical, I was 
very shocked because I was told it's so interesting when you when you learn these are the statistics and it's you know people with a BMI of blah 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 that are more likely to get XYZ and then I walk into the hospital and I'm like all these thin people like all these smaller people have all these things and I'm just like we're all the people with those BMIs you've been telling me about like where are they and it was so interesting that like I saw so many people of all different sizes have all different complications. Mm -hmm. And it really, really, as I was like learning about intuitive eating, as I was learning about that, and then also seeing, it was such a, it was such a cool experience in, in that I got to see that, wow, it's really not, it's really not a size determines your health. And I had had a client once before and she was like, my BMI is this, but my doctor says that I'm, you know, as healthy as a 30 something year old woman can be. She's like, but she was so confused, like, but my BMI is this and my weight is this. And I'm like, so what's your concern? You eat healthy, you exercise, you like live a healthy lifestyle. You have, you know, you have a good stress, you know, management and things like that. You have a healthy family, you have a great job. What's, you know, what else is there to add to your, what else is this going to do for you? And it was kind of like challenging her, like, oh, like, what is this going to do for me? And it was just, it's very interesting to see the research and then go into like going into that hospital or working with people of all different sizes and being like, you're like looking at them clinically. So I'm looking at their labs or I'm looking at things like that. I'm like, oh, you're, you're healthy. Like your, your labs are great. Like there's nothing wrong with your health. So then we look at like health at every size. It's just very, it's just very interesting when you look at what some of the research says, right? Where some of the research says like this BMI means, you know, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, you know, heart attack by age 50 or whatever. Um, it's just very interesting to see the complete opposite of that research. Yeah. I guess you're yeah. saying like, even like anecdotally, just what you see in the mm-hmm. in your clinical job. I remember when I was a student, like um, I was doing my clinical rotation in a nursing home and my preceptor, so that's the person who's like in charge of me. Um, she said that for nursing home um, patients, we want their BMI to be between 25 and 30, which is actually quote unquote, the overweight category. And I was like, yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? That's like the most unhealthy, like that's, I never heard of intuitive eating when I was a student. So yeah. So I was like shocked. And I remember her saying like, if their BMI is 21, which is like what people would like, you know, love to be like, that's unhealthy for like the geriatric population. And I was like, so confused that, and now even like, I always think about that. And I always tell that to my clients, like, we're really unfortunately misinformed. Like they're like, the BMI doesn't really like, it's so confusing and it doesn't really like say much about our health. And maybe I I hear this a lot to clients also like, we love to hold on to a number, like it makes us feel like safe or it gives us some sort of like data point. So I think that that's why so many people are so obsessed with the BMI or so obsessed with the weight as a measure of health. But yeah. like you're saying, you're seeing in your own clinical experience, like that it's not true what all we're, we're what we've been bombarded with that like fat equals unhealthy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so not, it's so not true. It's, it's just so not true. And then, you know, we, we look at like just the way people's bodies are built, like genetically, like they're, you know, a lot of us are predisposed to have a certain body type, 
right? And so who is, who am I to, who are we to say that because this is your, you know, your, your heritage or your cultural background or the way, you know, your, your lineage has been all their life that, that it's now wrong for you to be that way. And it like, it's just so interesting because we were, we were drilled in our head in school that like being fat is bad, being overweight is bad. Having this, you know, I, I, I also did exercise physiology and this is interesting because they made us do the fat calibers, right? I own one, I own a fat caliber, right? The, the pinch, the skin fold and like, I remember standing and I was like, this is so awkward. Nobody has their, everyone's in a classroom with no shirt on, we're grabbing each other. I'm like, this is so weird. And actually a girl in my class, I didn't even realize at the time, she was, she practiced um, haze and intuitive eating throughout grad school. And she, she never showed up that day. And so I didn't find out until after, until maybe about like a couple of months ago that she was just like, she's, that like when she knew that that was happening, she didn't want to be there because she knew that that was like very against, you know, like just her own principles that like, I don't want to be watching people grab other people's adipose tissue. Like we need fat, like, and it's just like the grabbing and the pinching. It was just such a, it's just so bizarre. It really is. That is so crazy. I'm sure there was also a lot of like fat shaming or like some people feeling really uncomfortable. It was, it was very uncomfortable for me. And um, I don't like when people compliment my body and um, at all in any kind of way, just because of my past or whatever. So I, you know, I, I a lot of times kindly say it, but it was very, very awkward because there was a lot of like self-shaming and like a lot of like, okay, we know you're thin. You don't need to self-shame yourself, like the fishing for compliment kind of stuff. And there was like, it was just, it was very, very awkward. <laughs> like just, just being there and like everyone just no everyone, girls in a bra and then guys, no shirts on. And it was just very like, so uncomfortable. I was like, when is this class going to be over? Can I put my shirt on yet? Like, why did I even take my shirt off? I didn't have to, but I felt this pressure that I needed to, <laughs> to do this. But there was like a lot of like self, like self-shaming just to like people have to like have some sort of answer to why their body isn't like perfect i'm a nutrition student i'm an exercise physiology student shouldn't i have like abs shouldn't i have this kind of body shouldn't i have that kind of body and i talk all the time like there's no there's no set there really is no set body type for what you do right right so but we've made it that way like i always say fitness has its own culture to kind of like idolize a certain body type. Right, so you probably see it like on both fronts because like mm-hmm. the nutrition background, but also the exercise background, like, um, mm-hmm. yeah, like I know a lot of, like I go to Club Central, that's the gym I go to, but I don't yeah. feel like embarrassed. Um, I don't know, a lot of people say like they don't wanna do the classes, but I find that there are different women in different sizes and even the instructors are in yeah smaller bodies or larger bodies but a lot of my clients or like people who I speak to say that like they feel shamed or maybe all the mirrors or um they just are so embarrassed to even to be an instructor like if they're not in the perfect body perfect quote unquote so like does that happen a lot with your clients who you do like exercise with so like it's very interesting because you know there's there's two sides to it some people are like I want an instructor with a body that I want or mm-hmm. something like that. And there's other people that 
will feel comfortable being like, oh, you look like me. So that's comfortable to me, right? Unfortunately, where I am, people just, you know, they want like that ideal. And listen, I like, I know that I have a more ideal body. And, it, and I always tell people like, like, I never sought out to achieve this. Like, I love lifting weights. I love lifting heavy weights. That's what builds my confidence. That's what makes me feel good. If I get a bot, if my body changes because of it, great. But I never went into power lifting to change my body. I went into power lifting and kettlebell stuff because I loved it. Um, versus like I used to run like a lunatic to change my body. But it's, it's very interesting because where, you know, where I am, the mirrors, mm -hmm. I would, I would love, I would say if I were to open my own gym, I would open a gym with no mirrors and I would have a gym where nobody could look at themselves for two reasons. So we're not just staring at ourselves the entire time and picking ourselves apart you know, and staring at a body or I don't like this or I don't like that. And like, I will even find myself looking in the mirror and then I'm like, nope, nope, nope. Focus on what you're doing. Um, but also so people can just like really just become more in tune with their body. Like really, um, really like understand like, okay, this is what this is supposed to feel like in this movement. And I kind of look at that as like, kind of like in a way, like being more intuitive with your exercise, more mind body connection and really understanding your own body because there's like a physical part to it too which i really i really like to kind of get people to understand so when i cue things i'm like feel this feel that versus like feel the burn and sweat and jump and burn calories and just sweat but you know i do i do see that you know a lot of people will say to me like i like your class classes because of your body and I'm just like I, I shrink a little inside and I like want to like I just don't it makes me feel very uncomfortable but that's just something that I need to work on for myself no it's actually um, it's actually really interesting yeah. sorry to interrupt you but I think that that's, okay. that's a really important point for those who are living in a smaller body that I think that when when like somebody in an ideal body size or the or like yeah. society's ideal body um when we when we're complimented on our body let's say you're giving this excellent class and then somebody like yeah. um minimizes it to just your body that's probably also yeah. feels very like like empty like i worked so hard to give you this class and like all you noticed was like my body exactly exactly and that's kind of where why i love these conversations and i i really want to talk a lot more you know people like you and in the nutrition and fitness industry. So we're more than just, we're more than just a body. Like I, I went to school for this. I studied so hard for this. And then I love what you said, like you minimized me to my body. Like, no, I, I worked so hard to, to perfect my craft. It's not about my body. It's about me being able to deliver that to you, but I get it all the time. And it's just like, it, it makes me so it like makes me uncomfortable because I don't like being complimented on my body. And then, like you said, like, it's just like, it's like a punch to the stomach. Like, no, you missed the point here, but we live in a society and I understand that. So I don't blame people or get mad or upset with them, but it's more like what we're doing, like educating people that, you know, we're more than our bodies and we deliver so much more than what our physical appearance does deliver. Yeah, that's why, like, I, I see a lot of posts like this on Instagram, like, um, like, I forget what it is, but like, you're like, the, like, the least important thing about you is like the way you look or like, that's the least like interesting thing or something like that. But like, yeah, um, yeah. 
What was I going to say on this? It was so interesting. I've, I've seen people talk about this a lot. I don't know. My, my, <laughs> it will come back to me. But I also wanted to say, that I have so many things to say about this. But uh, first of all, the mirror thing, that's really interesting because like in a practical way, like we do all look at, in the mirror when we're like doing an exercise class. But I do also think there is probably a lot of like, you know, shaming ourselves, looking at us, looking at the, instru mm. this is the instructor. And it was also just, this popped into my head. Um that people like what you were saying before about like having like low self-esteem or insecurity. So, so you, we, you also probably like struggled with like intrusive thoughts or like negative thoughts about yourself. Mm -hmm. So when mm -hmm. you're looking in the mirror at yourself and you also struggle with negative thoughts, it's almost like natural that your mind would take you to the one thing that you're looking at. You're not like thinking about like, I don't know, some, how you did in school or how you did at work, but you're literally staring yourself in the mirror so and you struggle with like negative thoughts so like of course your body's gonna like pick on you yeah so yeah. that's probably really like it, it makes sense why that happens and like I, I could totally see how like going to a class without mirrors would also like really take away that focus and just focus on like how my body feels and like looking at the instructor trying to like or like you said like cueing your body like that's I could see how that could really get you in like the emotion of the exercise without like, right. how do I look? Right. Or like, like you mentioned, like looking in the mirror, like am I, I'm not looking in the mirror to see my form, which some people are. And I know there are people who will turn and I see them, they'll turn to the side and they'll just make sure that they're doing it right. Like not to check themselves out. Um, but it's, it's very interesting. And like, I've heard from people, you like, you know, they'll send me things on Instagram. They'll be like, look at her abs. Like, look at her this, look at her that. And I'm just like, no, but that girl is like a really good instructor and she really knows her stuff and she moves so well. Like, let's not focus on her abs or her hair or her, I'm like, listen, I love hair. I love nails. I love, I love makeup. Like I love all that stuff, but let's not focus on that. Like, let's focus on, she's a really good instructor. She knows her craft. She knows this, she knows that. And she just happens to have great abs. Like right. it's, it's, you know, it's, it's really sad. And I really love these conversations and that we can hopefully, you know, plant some seeds and change, change some people's perspectives that, that you know, as a nutritionist, as a fitness instructor, as someone who, you know, gives health, like we're more than what we look like. Right. More than you know, our appearance. Yes. And okay. I remember what I was going to say on, yeah. on that exact topic. So the more that we compliment people's bodies, um, the more that, that we like only focus on the external. So like, mm. um, first of all, like, like I see a lot of posts saying like, what else can you compliment someone on? Like, or what else is nice? Can you say this? I'm like, it's so good to see you. Like, I love the paper that you wrote or like, I really miss you as opposed to like, do you lose weight? Like, did you like, I love your, like, not that it's bad to compliment someone's body. I, I, I don't think we need to take any of this stuff to like an extreme. Um, but yeah. I do think that the more we focus on the way people look and complimenting their externals, the more we perpetuate the problem a little bit. Like, can we focus on like deeper things? And that's why like one of the principles of intuitive eating is respect your body. And I'll ask my clients, like, can you make a list of things that you love about yourself that have nothing to do with the way that you look? Because like mm -hmm. your mind will go to that familiar place of berating yourself or thinking about negative things and maybe negative things about your body. 
so therefore you need to like plan your attack like you need to come up with the other things that you do right. about yourself yeah it's like i always say like we've been brainwashed and now we need to have another brainwashing of yeah. you know positivity and like looking at ourselves because like dieting and diet culture like it's it's ingrained in there and you know i have to find myself sometimes i have to you know someone asked me the other day like well what do you say if someone loses weight and what do you you know what do you do you just not mention it do you just not comment and it's it's very interesting because i sometimes have to like hold myself back and like okay like this person may have you know just started exercising and they may be really proud of their weight loss and it maybe it was really healthy and maybe it was you know something something like that but at times i really need to hold my health back because it can also be the complete opposite where they really struggled they're miserable they made themselves you know almost sick in the process of losing weight so we we don't know, you know, is it coming from a good place? And also people can lose weight for other reasons that like we know as dietitians, like especially working in a nursing home, right? Or, you know, just yeah. clinically, like we know people can be sick and lose weight. Like I have friends who have been sick and lost a lot of weight, came into the gym and what did everyone do when they came back? Back. They complimented her weight loss and she was devastated because she was gone for a while and it wasn't like, hey, nice to see you. Welcome back. It was, oh my God, you lost so much weight. And it was because she was sick. She wasn't here because she was sick and that's why she lost weight. So I also think we need to be mindful of that when we're complimenting people's bodies, we're complimenting weight loss. And like you said, we don't have to take it to extreme and never give a physical compliment, but also understand that, that weight loss isn't always uh, a, a healthy thing. It's not always some done safely. It's not only always done in a way where people are, you know, you know, conscious about it, you know, or, you know, healthy about their approach. So we do have to be mindful of that too. Oh, for sure. I, I always say that, mm -hmm. that like my job in the, in the nursing home is to help people not lose weight. Because, <laughs> it um, is. Yeah. And they're like, what? That isn't that like dietitians, they put people on diets, you know? I mean, yeah, we do that too. But like, um, yeah, it's just, it's so scary to see, like, when we have a significant weight loss in a nursing home, there's always something bad going on, like mm -hmm. some form of cancer or a new diagnosis of something, mm -hmm. the, the medication maybe messed with their appetite, or it's just not good. So, like, yes, I know that there's, like, this obsession with weight loss, but uh, like you said before, like, sometimes it could be somebody has cancer, somebody has an eating disorder, somebody literally... Yeah has it's taken over their life you know yeah yeah and i've seen and i've seen like you know i've seen people complimenting that kind of weight loss and you know it's it's hard to watch because i know when you know someone's struggling and you know someone is really really you know having a hard time with it so it's i always have to be mind mindful of that that that's not the first thing I'm going to compliment someone on and, or, you know, I'm not going to, first thing I'm going to do is, you know, make a comment about it because I'm, I'm also like, I also do struggle with like, I've called myself in the past like six months trying to like back off the, back off the comments. Like right now, like, I feel like recently I've really been, I've really noticed like, wow, I don't do that anymore. I'm not like, you know, I don't do that anymore, but working in, in this culture and working in this environment, you hear it from all sides. So it's almost like it would be unnatural if I never threw that out. Like it would be completely unnatural 
unnatural if I did, which is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to be unnatural in this environment. And, you know, I have so many other ways to compliment people, you know, with what I do. I have so many, you know, whether in fitness or nutrition, there's so many ways to compliment people that aren't like physical. Right. Right. Like you work, you work so hard. I see you working so hard. Um, but that was something, you know, cause someone had asked me, a trainer had asked me like, well, well, do you compliment someone's weight loss? Like they've worked so hard. I'm like, well, you can also say like, I've really seen you step it up in the gym. Like, I'm really proud of you for that. Right. And instead of, you know, I'm, I'm proud of you for losing 20 pounds, you know, or something like that. So that's another way to kind of look at it too. Right. Like I did an interview with Evelyn Triboli, one of the authors of Intuitive Eating. Yeah. And she said this, like she said this and she says this all the time, but I love it. Weight, um, weight is not a behavior. So like, mm. why don't we focus on like healthy behaviors? Yeah. Like if you're exercising more awesome, like if you're trying to eat healthier, great. But like, sometimes you will lose weight and sometimes you will gain weight and sometimes you'll stay the same. And yeah. like you did nothing, you know, to cause that. So like just focusing right. on the things that we actually have control over, you know? Yeah. And it's so interesting. You said like, you know, weight's not a behavior because you know, when I was in school, we would talk so much about behavior change, behavior change, behavior change. Um, that's what we learned really like the way to, you know, to change someone's habits and develop healthier eating habits, healthier, you know, more mindful eating habits and things like that was through behavior change and, and changing their behaviors versus changing their weight. Right. Right. Um, that's not the, always the way to, you know, a healthier lifestyle. And I, I certainly learned that myself, that changing my weight didn't make me healthier. And also looking at health is not just physical. It's also, I, for me, is really big mentally, you know, mentally, emotionally more so. Right. So they definitely all like, like they have to play together, like the mm-hmm. physical, the mental, the, you know, emotional stuff going on. Like I, I know for me, like, it's really important to check in with my clients and see how they're doing, like with their self-care, if they're sleeping like it totally affect the way that they eat their hormones. And I think that like, of course my job is to help them with the food, but like it is really, it's, it's so true. Like I, I've been reading about this a lot because I like, I'm always trying to like do research and stuff. I'm like, yeah, maybe there is a certain amount of people that can lose weight and can keep it off, but it's always at such a high cost, like so much mental space, so much um, emotional real estate. They say, you know, like, do you want like, I, I think I, I think I said this before, but I did a training with Jessica Setnick on eating disorders. And she said, someone with an eating disorder thinks about food like 80 to 80 to 100%, or she said like 110% because they even think about food, you know, but like the average person, even with like regular disordered eating, it's like 50%, 60%. Like that's a lot of time, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'll have people say that to me too. Like, you know, what's one thing you really, you know, you really realize, like, I spend a lot of time thinking about food. And like you said, like, it, you know, taking up real estate, like, well, what else can we be doing with our lives? You know, how else can we, you know, be available for ourselves, other people, our families, if we're not thinking about food and wasting all of that energy, because it's, it's a lot of energy to, you know, have something on your mind and for it to be food, that's, you know, if we think about it, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. Like there's yeah. food everywhere. We don't need to think, we shouldn't have to think so much about it. It should just kind of be part of our nature. You know, back in the day, maybe people needed to be more concerned about food, 
when there was a, you know, that's kind of why we think about food a lot, because when there was a famine, you know, their constant, their constant concern was trying to find food. Right. And so that's why they think about it, you know? Yeah. So when we restrict, it's only natural to think about food. It really is. Right. It's actually, this is actually really interesting. Yeah. Um, when I, so I heard about intuitive eating after I went to school and my internship and my master's in nutrition. Um, I was, when I was already working in the field for like maybe one or two years and I yeah. knew that I needed more. I knew that there was something missing in my education. I just knew it. Um, and I had suffered with disordered eating also in high school. And I thought at this point in my life that like, you know, I, I didn't really restrict. Like I was definitely one of those people that was like, it's not a diet, it's a healthy lifestyle. But there was definitely like, for sure, I was like shaming people for the way they were eating or I was very strict with my daughter with the way she was eating. And I guess I was really strict with myself and I didn't realize until I read Intuitive Eating. And I and, and at that time before I read Intuitive Eating, I was a major foodie. Like I was always, I'm still a major foodie, but I, I felt like every night before I was going to sleep, I would think about what am I making for dinner and what do I have to buy at the grocery store? And I was so into it. And mm. like, I, I would take pictures of my food. And, and then when I started reading Intuitive Eating and I really started to implement it, I was like, oh my God, food's kind of boring. Like, this is my profession. Like, I built my profession on this, like, I guess this order. And like, don't worry, I still love food. Like, I'm still a major foodie. But like, it was a really big, like, wake up call for me. Like, oh my God, how much time am I really yeah. thinking about food? It's so interesting you talked about that because I used to be like obsessed with the grocery store. Like, I'm like obsessed with grocery shopping. And now I'm just like, I used to be so like obsessed with cooking and cooking for other people. That, that it was such, it's so interesting when I look back, I'm like, that is such a telltale sign of disordered eating that like you're obsessed with like cooking and feeding people. And um, uh, for me at least, and um, you know, there's certainly a healthy, you know, point, part of people like feeding people, but this was not really right. um, and, like baking for people. But mm -hmm. I realized recently, like, over the past year, I'm just like my food. Like I, like you said, I still love food. I, I am still a little bit of a foodie, but like my attention to food is so much less. Like I still enjoy good food and things like that. Like I love cooking, but it is like completely died down. Like not to this point where like, I'm obsessed with these like crazy meals and cooking all this food. And like you said, like thinking about what am I going to cook tomorrow? And and all that, like that obsession is like so died down. It's like not even an obsession. It's just more like, okay, I need food that I'm gonna like and that's gonna satisfy me and what that's simple and not exhausting and not gonna like drive me nuts. So it's just so interesting, that connection of like that obsession with food that that's kind of like normalized. Like if you go on Instagram, it's like, uh, yeah. It's so normalized to be like obsessed with food and like these crazy pictures and all this stuff and like I thought I needed to do that for so yeah. long I yeah. like, I, I'm like I hate this like I'll do it once in a while like I have a post that I made but like like these elaborate crazy things I'm like I hate this I don't want to do this anymore like I just want to make a simple recipe and like eat it and go to bed or something like that but not to the point where like it it consumes like a large part of my life. Yeah, I think that that's actually, I think I wrote about this or maybe I read it somewhere, but like, I think that that's maybe why there's such an obsession with food 
because there's also such an obsession with dieting. So there's like on the one side of the coin, this obsession with restricting. And then on the other side is like this obsession with like foodie and perfect food and cooking shows and chef cooks. And I mean, celebrity chefs and like, it's huge. It's like a huge industry now. And I, and I think that there is a lot, a lot of that is also because of diet culture. A hundred percent. It's so interesting that, that that dichotomy of like this obsession with diet and restricting. And then this like obsession with like this, this huge food culture too. It's just, it's very interesting. And like, I was caught up in it. Like I had all the, I still have all these cookbooks with our, which are great. I barely open them anymore. Um, I also just cook for one other, you know, my fiance and I, it's not very big, but you know, it's just, it's so much nicer to just like live more simply with food and not have to be so crazy, you know, about it. Yeah. So I, I always say like my, like, I guess my tagline or my thing is that like, I help women heal their relationship with food to ultimately heal their relationship with themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is like a really powerful point because it gives women so much like freedom and openness and time for themselves and time for their family. And um, uh -huh. when you, when you do have this obsession with food or this obsession with like, I know, I know people who struggle with eating disorders are very obsessed with their food being perfect because like, that's the only meal they're going to eat. Or you, I'm sure you've heard of that, like, you know, dieters where they're like, they're crazy about their meals. Cause that's like, they, yeah. that's their only allotted meal or their only allotted time. They and talk about it a lot. <laughs> they talk about it a lot. It's like, they're thinking about it a lot. They're looking up the recipe. I mean, I was there, you know, I totally get it. I'm not judging them. Yeah. But like to give someone that freedom of time and headspace, like right. you could start a career, like you could, what, yeah. is, what are your interests? Like maybe food's not your only interest. Like maybe you actually like have other interests. Like that's really powerful. Yeah. And it's the same thing with exercise. Cause I used to be so that way where like, I have to get my workout in. Like I would like, it's, it's also the same exact thing. Like it consumes so much of my time. Like, when am I going to work out? Like I have to work out almost every day. And like, now I'm just like, I'm dying for a day off from like teaching all these classes. I'm just like, I want like, I want a week. I want a month off from exercise right now. Like, and I totally would be happy with that. But it used to be the same thing with exercise. Like this obsession where like, it would be nine o'clock at night and I would want to go to bed, but I had not worked out. So I had to go for a while. It was, it was so crazy. And like you said, like you can build a career, like you can go back to school. You can like find in things that you're interested in. You can build hobbies. Like you can learn new things. Like when you, when you stop giving that all that energy and time, like you look back and it's like, Oh, all that time. Like I wish I could have it back. But at the same time, I wouldn't be where, you know, we probably wouldn't be where we are if we didn't go through that. And we wouldn't be able to do work like this if we didn't go through that, which is something, you know, I'm so grateful that we're able to do. Right. Right. That, that is a really good point. Right. Not, no time is like wasted or it's a learning yeah. process and um, it's, it's nobody's fault. Like it's really nobody's fault to be like so ingrained in diet culture because that's the world that we live in. But I do want to go back to when you said that you had, like first started getting complimented about your weight loss and the self-worth and everything like that. I do want like our listeners to understand that weight loss and this obsession with exercising or eating perfectly, quote unquote, is usually an underlying, you know, something else is going on much, much deeper. And we think because we're told through the media or 
um, through everyone that like, you know, weight loss is the way to go. You'll get more confidence. If you lose weight, you'll be happier if you lose weight. So like, I, I really encourage people to figure it out. Like, what is it that you're missing in your life? Like, maybe it's not weight. Maybe it's something way bigger, you know? Yeah, for sure. Right. And like a big part of this journey, like you mentioned before, was like improving your relationship with food and in your body. Yes. But it was really for me about like proving my relationship with myself and really like learning so much more about me and realizing like, wow, is it really the food? Is it really the body or is it something else that I'm missing in my life? Like what, you know, what is it? It's just very, it's very interesting. And for me, it was like, you know, wow, I had no spiritual life. Like I was raised, you know, I was raised Catholic and I was like religious, but like, I really didn't have like a spiritual life in me. And so that was like a big thing in, in you know, meditation and, and that kind of stuff was really, has really been like a huge, you know, thing for me. Um, because it really wasn't like looking back, like, it, like when I, when I had that compliment and that low self-esteem and that low self-worth, it, it really was never about the food or the body. It was really about like that, that low self-esteem and where can I find, where can I find my self-esteem? Like, oh, if I'm, if I'm smaller, yes, I can. If I'm, you know, fitter, if I'm this, if I'm that, yes, I can. And it just snowballed into this obsession that, you know, like we, you said, no wasted time. Like it was not a waste of time. It was like, you know, whatever I was meant to go through to be where I am today, which is, you know, I'm happy where I am today, even though like, you know, I don't know if you ever read Christy Harrison's book, Yeah, it did. Um, awesome. but you know, it's, it's so funny. You know, she always says, you know, you, your time and your money. And it's like, well, I'm in the profession that I'm in because I was like, she always says it, you know, like I'm in the profession I am because I was obsessed with food and exercise, you know, and that's, you know, and I almost, I almost left, I almost left this, you know, working in, in fitness. I, I did leave it for like two years. And, um, I thought I would never go back because it was just like, it was too much for me, but I ended up where I am, where I work now. I ended up getting a call from there and I was like, okay, I'll try this again. And here I am three years later and I'm still doing it. And I'm probably, you know, in a much better place than if I would have tried to keep doing it and burnt myself into the ground. So like, you know, thank, you know, thank God I was able to come back and do what I love to do and just do it with a much healthier mentality than, you know, I was, you know, trying to go for a run at nine o'clock at night being completely burnt out. So. Well, we definitely need people like you in the profession, yeah. especially with this, like, you know, body positivity and your, all your knowledge and, you know, your nutrition knowledge and your exercise knowledge, but with like the health at every size and intuitive eating, like you're doing awesome work and thank you for joining oh, me. You, for sure. Do you want to add anything or you want the listeners to know anything else? Um, that's like putting me on the spot. I'm sorry. Sorry about that. No, it's okay. Um, not much. I just, you know, I, I, this process is not, you know, it's like we get sold with diets that it's a, you know, I just heard on the radio because I listened to 1010 wins, like, like, like my mom, <laughs> she taught me well, but I was listening to 1010 10 wins cause I always do. And they had a, they had a, an advertisement, lose 20 pounds in 20 to 40 days safely and effectively. And you know, those messages are still out there and it, it gives you like this time frame, Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm always like, even when I was selling like weight loss, I was like, I can't guarantee anyone a time frame. Like I can't do that, but it gives you this, this like short, quick time frame. But what we do in this kind of work and this kind of, you know, intuitive eating 
really, really like, I hate to even use the word lifestyle, but like this way of life more so, or this, you know, this way of approaching ourselves is, is something that takes time and it's a journey. And it's so interesting because I know I'm going to look back at, at today and in a couple of years and be like, wow, I grew even more. Like I grew even more and I realized so much more that I didn't know then because I can look back at a year ago and be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I was still doing that a year ago. Or I can't believe I thought that way a year ago and here I am today. And it's just like a constant, it's just constantly growing. And that's really what we want to do. We just want to be constantly growing. Like, you know, we grow with age, we grow, we get more wisdom, we grow, we get more knowledge, you know, not only about our work, but about ourselves. And so as we grow and as we, you know, as we grow into our, you know, intuitive eating lifestyle, things are going to change. And so in diets, we're told like, oh, in 20 days, you're going to be, you lose this much weight. But with intuitive eating, it's just like, wow, you get to really continuously grow. It's just like continuously grow on that path and learn more wisdom about yourselves and, you know, look back and be like, wow, look how far I've come. And there's so much more to grow from here. Right. Like you were saying before that like you're surrounded by diet culture because you work in fitness and nutrition. And sometimes you do have a thought that pops up into your head to compliment someone with weight loss. And I think that's a really important thing to say because I know so many people reach out to me and they're like, I still feel, I still like I'm stuck in diet culture. I'm still whatever. Or people will say that to me like a few sessions and I'm like, wait, you've been on in diet culture for 50 years and you've been working with me for two weeks. Like, yeah, you're still going to struggle with that. And like, And also I wanted to say that, um, I always say this, but like, I remember, um, I don't remember what it was, but I remember like maybe when I did the training with Evelyn, um, Evelyn Tripoli, and I remember her maybe mentioning something about weight or something like that. And I remember asking a mentor of mine and she was like, you know, like they've changed a lot over the years also, like they don't mention as a factor at all. And they're coming out with their fourth edition in June. And it's like, they put out the book in the 1990s, the first edition. And like, yeah, they've grown a lot too. And they've learned a lot too. And like, that's what I love about intuitive eating is like, it's okay if you don't know everything now. And it's okay that like, you know, like you're still educating yourself and you're still learning, but like, get out there. Like, let's start like making change, you know? Right. For sure. And I like that even there, like you, like I heard about the fourth edition. I was like, even they're changing, even they're growing, even they're learning. And it's, it's, it's cool. Cause it's way better than dieting where you're just like on and off, like on and off, on and off. Like, this is like, this is something that you grow into, not just, you know, your relationship with food, but like we talk to your relationship with yourself, which I think is the coolest part of it all. Yeah. It's really cool. People really uncover like tons and tons and tons of layers. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Thank you so much. I'm going to put your, your bio in the link and like, uh, okay. and do you want to say where we can find you? Um, you can find me at Nutrition by Gabby. It's with two Bs, Nutrition by Gabby, G-A-B-B-Y. Um, growing up, people used to do it with one B, so I always have to make sure it's Nutrition. Um, or you can find me on NutritionbyGabby.com as well. And I work here at Fit Studio in Cedarhurst, and hopefully we'll open up soon. If not, we're online there too, teaching. So everything's virtual. <laughs> now it's I'll come to one of your classes. Yeah, for sure. Okay, I can't wait. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Have a good night. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you all so much for being here on my podcast, Get Into It with Gila. If you'd like to learn more about what I do and what intuitive eating is, please visit my website at www.gilaglassberg.com or follow me on Instagram at Gila Glassberg. Thank you so much. Have a great day.